And that Thank you. is Kristen's clinky clinky. I don't have a clinky clinky today, but I do have. Did you read the side? I no. Introduce them. Let, um, me, let me know what I'm about to drink. <laughs> so there's a couple local breweries here. One of them is the Highlander, and Brett is drinking from a can one of their beers because until apparently just recently, I've never found their beers at the store, so I'm assuming they didn't sell them. Um, he is doing the Strange Times <laughs> Hazy Pale L, and the can says, Man, these are strange times. You look like you need a beer. <laughs> Luckily, you're holding a can filled with really good beer. That is really good beer. Would you like to try that? I think I tried it once at the brewery. It has to be a new one just because it's a, a COVID beer, but I think I had it when we went back yeah. to the brewery last go. Yeah, I think you've had that one before. I got the strawberry wheat ale, which is hands down my favorite one they make, so I'm excited. <laughs> right now I'm drinking my moons. The moons, because so we bad. learned that the mojitos in cans are not the best mojitos. Oh no, god, they're so bad. <laughs> but for our anniversary weekend, I'm legit going to get some pineapple rum, and we're going to mojito this bitch up. Goddamn right, <laughs> day drinking. Yeah, because we have four days off. Day drinking for days. Four days. Yeah, because you took off Saturday. The Saturday, that's right. So you have Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and I took off Monday and Tuesday. So. <laughs> Goddamn. Party right. all weekend. Party all weekend. Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes Were Made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent. The overworked. The overworked. The pure imagination. Kristen Bloom. <laughs> How you doing, Lock? Uh, better than that movie. <laughs> uh, Which was not pure imagination. But no. we'll get to that in a minute. I'm good. Uh, yeah, I, I, we don't have formal notes on this because we're not doing it like a two-star. We're just going to kind of talk about it. Yeah, we're doing a comparison episode of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, Year Unknown, and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, Year Unknown. <laughs> it was actually worse than I thought it was. I was really hoping it was, was going to be better than I remembered. Yeah. It was, in fact, worse than I remembered. <laughs> and it was worse than I could have possibly imagined. <laughs> and the hilarious thing about it is because I was just reading a bunch of trivia. Um, Charlie, not Willie. We'll, we'll get to it. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I was reading a bunch of random trivia, and there's a little bit of mixed messages, but universally, um, the consensus is that the guy who wrote the original book hated Willy Wonka. Like, hated the original the, movie. No shit. Yeah, like, said it wasn't true to his actual book and that the person who the guy's had name was the like script, Raul Dahl or, or something, something yeah. Yeah. Um, also so. did James and the Giant Peach which I also believe was done by Tim Burton I think it was mm -hmm. James and the Giant Peach was fantastic though yeah. I really enjoyed that movie um, but yeah like apparently the person who wrote the script for the original movie um, Willy Wonka I guess uh, wasn't as true to the book mm -hmm. and had changed quite a few things and um, the guy that wrote it was like so furious there's apparently <laughs> a sequel to the book he um, basically locked off rights to the sequel and said nobody could make a movie of it hmm. um, there was also uh, in the trivia though a statement that he had apparently there was like kind of mixed signals whether or not that was totally true because there are photos of him on the original set like looking happy and yeah. like hanging out with like the crew and stuff so Maybe he thought it was going to be good and then hated it, but supposedly <laughs> he refused to ever watch it. Well, from a writer's standpoint, and I've, we've only done our indie films, nothing that I've made has become like a Hollywood production. Um, but it is weird, like, kind of seeing it play out visually after it's lived in your head. And so I can only imagine that when he goes to the set where he sees the chocolate river and the fucking, you know, like all the edible candy and stuff mm -hmm. and the grass that's very vibrant, um, that had to have been a mind fuck of, oh my God, there it is. <laughs> well, I think, which I don't know, I've not read the book, but my impression was that the first movie was a lot darker I think than mm -hmm. most people expected it to be but they did also say that the dude who 
wrote the original book like hated greedy children like yeah. hated gluttony and like selfishness and like all this stuff so you'd think he'd be like this is perfect this is it <laughs> but supposedly he never watched the movie in full and supposedly yeah. it came on once while he was in a hotel and like he briefly started watching it and when he realized what it was he turned it off <laughs> he's like you motherfuckers <laughs> caught myself enjoying it for a minute there <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah we're gonna do a um a loose comparison, just kind of let the conversation kind of flow wherever it's going to flow. Kristen read a lot of trivia on it. I meant to. Had a bit of a busier two days because I applied to the library. Jax, I applied to the libraries. The library. <laughs> the library. The library. The snozberries. Tastes like <laughs> Um No, I um, we had some job open. We had <laughs> both the county and the university library opened up positions. And I spent yesterday for like four hours doing that, stressed myself out, and I'm still coping. Brett's so, gonna wear a sexy mini skirt for I am. me. Sexy mini skirt. I'm gonna take Rogaine so my leg hair gets longer. He's gonna ask me to be quiet. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> Have you seen the the gangster librarian? Mm-mm. It's like a funny like internet thing that's been around for a couple of years, but it's this guy, he's got a blue bandana on his head and he's just in the library, some college kid. And another college kid like dressed up like your typical like Dwight Schrute like <laughs> librarian type guy comes over and starts screaming at him. He's like, take that bandana off, get out of my set, get out of my fucking library <laughs> He's like starts treating it like the library's gang turf. Oh, and this guy's bandanas like Aww. it's hilarious. That's pretty funny. So, yeah, but uh, fingers crossed I'll be working in a library relatively soon. Nothing against the place that I work at. I just want to get back around books. Yeah. I'm trying to get my master's degree. I can sit and quietly study while I'm doing my master's while you work. Exactly. Because we have no table or desk here. We get a ruler, I'm going to spank her. But, um, so, where do you want to get started? Can we... The major thing. I can't remember the director's name from, um, Willy Wonka. Uh, but we all know Tim Burton. We all know Tim Burton has a signature way of doing things. There's a lot of angles. There's a lot of gigantism. There's a lot of odd characters that are his signature move. Mm-hmm. Um... Whereas we had a bit more of a real realistic, um external world outside of the chocolate factory in the first one uh this one felt bizarre throughout Mm. and uh i'm not going to ask you do you think i'm just going to say uh why does that make it worse (laughs) (laughs) so you look at that house which is cartoonish It's very so, silly. Like, you don't get this transition from real to imagination. Like, mm-hmm. you're living in this world already of just sad shit. Well, <laughs> I felt like, even in the original compared to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the factory itself was a little less funhousey as well. Like, it felt like a bizarre but real factory you could go to. Yeah. Uh, Charlie felt like it was all just made up. Yeah, right well, from the beginning. Well, yeah, I I think for me, especially the outside world, um, being so cartoonish in the remake, mm-hmm. uh, which they don't call it a remake, they say it's a new adaptation of the reimagining book, of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I think what works so well about the first one is that it feels so dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have these people. I liked the fam- family dynamic better in the roommate. Like realistically more dark, you mean? Where yeah. Like, where like, like you've got the snobby people, you've got the angry people, yeah. the people beating each other up over the golden tickets. Yeah. Like I, I, I liked the family dynamic better in the remake because I will say the family in the original one was very frustrating to me because mm-hmm. it felt like everybody was just taking advantage of this poor single working class mom. Yeah. Or widowed working class mom. And, um... What are you doing? He's like going around snatching up all the tiny bits of kibble. <laughs> I was like, what is he crunching on? Um, but yeah, like, and it felt like this was like a legit impoverished family outside of the grandparents kind of being lazy. Yeah. Um, living in just kind of bad conditions. They didn't have like a house you couldn't realistically live in. It was just very crowded and very impoverished. And then like on the news, you see all this like gluttony and greed of all these mm-hmm. really wealthy people like... 
kind of stealing what's supposed to be this fun moment for everyone. Yeah. And then you go into the house or into the chocolate factory and I feel like that greed that's outside of the factory kind of gets accentuated through these children's actions. Mm -hmm. But like in the remake, it never really feels all that real. Like nobody lives in that house. Nobody. Unless you're literally homeless (laughs) and that's a house you're squatting in. That house is not physically possible. Yeah. (laughs) And like... But like, I I agree. I think the family dynamic in the second one is stronger because in the first one, they're pretty much all invalid with the exception of Charlie who has a paper route and his mother who's a single working mom. Um, And not until the dream walks into the room does Grandpa Joe fucking hop off his ass and we realize, oh, he's not invalid. He's just fucking sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) Which happens in the second one as well. Um, Yeah. But But at least... In the second one, like, he gets up a couple of times and he's, like, a bit more supportive of Charlie. He he doesn't physically get up until the ticket. True. True. Um, But he's he's a lot more, like, emotionally supportive. Like, hey, I'm used to living down here. It's all right. And he doesn't say at any point, because I think they mentioned that in the first one, like, oh, I haven't been out of this bed in 15 or 20 years Mm -hmm. or something. Like, we just kind of get the sense that, like, the two parents are trying to take care of their parents. Yeah. So it doesn't really necessarily feel like... It's an interesting way of looking at it. You're a loser hanging out in my bed. It's like, oh, Grandpa, stay in bed. Mom and Dad are, you know, Mm -hmm. doing the best they can. And, like, I like that in the second one it just feels like a poor family trying to get by versus old people taking advantage of a poor mom (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't it doesn't sell i want to stay outside the the factory for a little while it Um, doesn't sell like the greed the same way the first one does because you see like all the news stories and like you like see all the crappy children and their crappy families mm -hmm. and like they do show that in the second one but it feels like so like silly and like indulgent yeah like it's poking fun at itself yeah that it never feels like a real situation yeah my favorite example of it if i just had to like pick one and just call it my favorite (laughs) is the there's a lack of music throughout like the way that the first one did it you know where you had these like that type of stuff. They play literal music instead. Yeah, it's literal music instead of that traditional music. Um, But nowhere is it more obvious than Charlie's visit to the chocolate shop, the little Mm. candy store, where you get the big song in the original movie. And in this version, it's more like a gas station. Like, it doesn't have the magic that will later connect to the magic inside of the, inside of the factory itself. Mm. Where, like, Charlie's bleak and sad, goes to the tiny shop for a feeling of exuberance and, like, I, you know, I love this place, and then leaves that place back into the bleak and sad, and then we reconnect when we get into the factory. Well, I think if I'm remembering right, in the first one, Charlie doesn't even go inside. He's standing looking through the window while the kids All are, the like, kids indulging. All the kids to that yeah. song. Yeah, and, like, so it kind of makes it, like, even more isolating. Like, he doesn't have time to have fun, and he can't afford to mm-hmm. buy candy. Like, he has to go work and try to bring home money for the family. So and like he was, finds his ticket in the gutter, right? He finds a coin in the gutter. Finds co- that, then, That's right. Yeah. And then buys it. Or, no, he finds a... No, that's in the remake. I was going to say he finds, like, an actual bill. No, he finds a coin in the gutter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, it, like even the character of Charlie felt, like, a bit more serious. Like, he he was a little, like, at times, like, kind of indulgent. In the original? Yeah, in mm-hmm. the original. Like, he, he was a little bit at times indulgent, but I feel like you expect that from kids where he's like, well, I'm as good as everyone else. Why can't I win? And the remake... Especially a young child like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, the remake didn't have the character do that, and... I have endless problems with uh, the version of Charlie in the remake. Um, I do want to get to, at some point, um, talking about the importance of like the moral period, you know, <coughs> that we get in the original, but we don't get in the remake. But I think you're right there. Um, Charlie in Willy Wonka, the, this 
I wish they would have just named them the same fucking thing. <laughs> Charlie and Willy Wonka, it, it feels like just a regular kid who's stressed out from having to take care of his family, and he just wants to be a regular kid. Uh, he whereas, spends his money bringing home bread so they can have bread with their cabbage soup. Yeah, and you get a glimpse of that with Charlie and Charlie, uh, where he breaks up the chocolates and gives them out to his family for his birthday, where it's like, no, it's your birthday, it's all yours, and he goes, I'll do with it what I want. It's <laughs> handing it out. So you get a glimmer of that and maybe it's because of the lack of an overall moral message of the second film um i don't feel like we get that childlike wonder back which i feel is the point of the overall story is you're supposed to take this kid who's growing up too fast make him a child again Mm -hmm. and then release him back to the world with this newfound thing and yeah Yeah, and like in the remake they i mean they show at the end of the movie charlie like polishing wonka's shoes but at the beginning they don't really establish that charlie works he gets the one chocolate bar yeah because it's his birthday and that's it and then he finds the bill and buys another but like charlie in the original one has a job i think he delivers papers or something like that and he specifically goes up to his boss and he's like hey it's payday isn't it because he wants Mm -hmm. to buy bread for his family and he skips by the candy shop and like it feels like yeah like he's like i can't be a kid i've got to work i've got to help support my family and it does make the situation like a lot more heartbreaking yeah and i don't know like i feel like even the dynamic between wonka and charlie in the first one felt more like like a test yeah, like, mm-hmm. and almost more like a mentor as well, where the remake is just, like, cartoonish, and then it's like, oh, we're going to sit down the and remake, have business meetings together. The remake, if you didn't catch it, Snodgrass, the fucking dude who's stealing all of Wonka's secrets, is working in a candy store. It, the, like, it's like one of the opening passing shots. It's like, so you don't even have, like, this element of there's a test on Charlie. Mm-hmm. It's a video game. It's Charlie is here now. What is Charlie going to do next? What silly little antics is Charlie up to? It doesn't carry that, that the weight of do I, don't I, who can I trust? That at so many levels in the original film. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I kind of like that in the original. I know you said you wanted to stay outside, but... No, we can of- go inside now. I just wanted to... I, I didn't want to get lost in just the the wonder of the factory itself. I wanted to establish that I, I like the first one better for a lot of reasons. I mean, practical effects blow my mind every time. Gene fucking Wilder is in the original. Um, but the outside world and establishing who these people are before they go into the factory is very important. And it's done well in the first one, not done well in the second. Before I say what I was going to say, speaking of that, um, supposedly, again, these are just trivia facts that I read, not things I researched, so disclaimer. Um, Gene told them that he would not be in the movie at all unless he could limp out and then do the little trick flip. <laughs> and they were like, why do you want to do that? That's silly. And he was like, because then we established up front and you don't know whether or not I'm telling the truth or lying ever. Wow. And uh, the director, producer, whoever he was talking to was like, so if I don't let you do that, you're not going to be in the movie. And he was like, yep. Yep. <laughs> because he needs the ability, especially as like a comedic actor, to directly express his character. I'm happy to report those who've not seen it. Johnny Depp does not do the little flip, the little pratfall that happens at the beginning of the original. He does but that's smash interesting. Into an elevator twice, though. Yeah, because you get... just makes him look dumb <laughs> instead of like he's intentionally being deceitful. <laughs> it was funny the first time. Mm. It was funny as shit the first time. <laughs> Johnny Depp just walking into the camera. <laughs> and then second time, I was like, ah, you already used that trick. But, <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting way of thinking about it because like, you get this in-depth look at Charlie's life and you get like little glimpses of the other kids that are going to be there. Um, but all you really need to know about Wonka for the rest of the film, you learn in that pratfall, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing wasn't in the script if he's like, no, this is what I want to do. So let's talk, in that case, character development in general. I think that's what we've been doing. <laughs> well, just in general, for everybody. Because, like, first film... we got to use our terms. I keep forgetting there's a microphone here. And I'm like, it's like, I know what I'm talking about. Kristen knows what I'm talking about. So, character development. So first film... Point A. 
<laughs> first film. Um, let's main character for sure because we've been talking about Charlie the most. Um, Charlie has to work hard. Doesn't really get to be a kid, and then mm-hmm. goes like I think because of the Willy Wonka like competition and because of the factory becomes a bit more indulgent at times. Like he has that moment where he's like, "Well, why can't I have a golden ticket?" Goes into the factory. Makes a choice to steal from Wonka. Yeah. Well, when he says, you know, why can't I have a golden ticket? It's more of a dream. You know, like, why can't I have the opportunity? Which I feel is what Grandpa Joe had and felt that he'd lost. So, like, that feels inherited Mm -hmm. from the Grandpa Joe side of the personality. I'm not not saying that it's a negative, per se. But it it is a, instead of being like, well, this is silly, you get a year's supply of chocolate. Because in the first one, they don't tell you there's any other prize. They tell you it's a year's supply of chocolate. There's no money that you're not, you know, running the factory after this. You're not going to be the heir. So, it feels, I feel like if you're... I mean, if he was older, it would make a lot more sense for him to not have that perspective. It's, you know, it makes sense that Mm -hmm. a kid would have that moment. But it does feel like a bit more of a selfish desire where it's like, well, I want this thing. Everybody else gets to do this thing. Why can't I do it, too? Mm -hmm. And then he goes into the factory. And to some degree, I think these other selfish kids rub off on him because him and his grandpa steal from Wonka, even though they've been watching this whole time. Like, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, but he's doing it to sell the most expensive thing in a way. So even that's a little justified. He's like, this will end in money to save my family because I don't need chocolate, but I can sell the gobstopper. No, the drink that they drink. Oh, where it goes through the glass ceiling? Because you're not (laughs) supposed to steal. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, he has that moral dilemma at the end where it's like, Wonka tells him, that's it, you're done, you stole from me, you drank the drink and you touched my ceiling. You lose! Good day, sir! And his grandpa's like, well, we're going to go sell that gobstopper. And then you get that redemption arc of, like, Charlie hasn't made great choices the entire time, but mm-hmm. he's overall a good kid, and he's like, take this back. You know, I'm not going to yeah. sell your secrets. And we never really get that in the remake. I, <coughs> <coughs> like well, that's what I was talking about earlier, about... I think the reason why I dislike the second film is that it doesn't have that moral punctuation point. There's no sentence at the end of that story that you get in the good days, sir, that anger, and then that really pregnant pause with the clock ticking in the background in the first film. And then Charlie just turning around inside of that silence, putting it on his desk very quietly, silence, all the way back to the door, silence, and then Willie turns around and he's got like this I finally taught one of these motherfuckers something <laughs> expressions on his face and it has a moral message in the second one there's no moral message he doesn't steal anything from Wonka he winds up doing Wonka's shoes then we go on for 15 more minutes of Johnny Depp I, pretending he's Jim Carrey he does have that moment where <coughs> Johnny Depp tells him you can come live in the factory mm-hmm. with me but your family can't come but that seems like a very easy moral decision to yeah. make he's like Obviously, I'm not going to leave my family yeah. behind in squalor. That's I dumb. I just met you. You've got dumb glasses. Your little trick outside caught on fire. You're obvious. Yeah, so that, that to me, I mean, it's technically a moral dilemma, but it feels like such an easy decision to make. Mm-hmm. Like, he's literally choosing to stay with his family, which, of course, is for the better of his family. Yeah. Where on the flip side, in the original... Charlie chose to give back the gobstopper that would have made his family money to the detriment of his family. So he had to make the moral choice that hurt his family. He has to be a good person and just return to where he came from. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not made it any better or any worse. And I I feel like that's a lot more poignant message at the end. beautiful. Like, you do good, (laughs) you get rewarded. Like, he ultimately ends up getting a reward he didn't know was coming at all. Mm -hmm. And... What Wonka. good is a bunch of chocolate going to do to my family? And Wonka you know? isn't selfish about it at all. Like, Charlie's like, can my family come? And he's like, well, of course they can. <laughs> Anybody know? can. It's your factory. You so, know? Like, I, I feel like in the end, the message is stronger. And even with Wonka, like... Can I have a moment on Wonka? Sure. Um, outside of... The, I'm, I'm really trying not to judge. Um, I know Amber Heard put Johnny Depp through a lot. <laughs> vice versa I'm sure I'm not a sexist um, the ambiguity of Wonka's background in the first one makes him 
as unpredictable throughout the film Mm -hmm. as his initial pratfall does. Why did we have to go to where he's, I don't know, serving in Vietnam and saving these village cannibals? He wasn't serving. He was literally out there trying to find new flavors. Exactly. Like, why do we need this story of, like, this dude running around the jungle stumbling upon you know the oompa loompas and with, ruining what, palaces in india yeah just <laughs> yeah accidentally can you know creating conflict in the middle east like why do we <laughs> <laughs> no that's like why do we need that any of that like I, i've not read the book i've never read the book maybe that's an integral part of the narrative for like the, three or four fucking chapters the father character was not part of the book. I do know that. That was one of the things I read. I like that they brought him back in the remake. No, the the Willy Wonka's father, oh. the dentist, was just a thing they added yeah. in. Yeah, no, so much of the remake, and we can talk about homage. <laughs> but, um, like the, the there's a, a a beautiful ambiguity to Gene Wilder's version mm-hmm. of Willy Wonka versus Johnny Depp's version of Willy Wonka. Um, I mean, it obviously paid off to leave out all of that detail and just give us the man that you know has been locked in this factory for 15 years. But Gene feels like a man who's been locked in a factory for 15 years. And Johnny Depp, it's like, did they lock him away when he was 15? (laughs) I feel like to a lot of extent, like, the story is about Charlie and Charlie's experiences, but I feel like to a lot of extent that original movie is kind of about... Willy Wonka learning to open up again as well because yeah. yeah we don't know anything about Wonka all we know is he closed his factory down because everybody was trying to steal from him trying to take his secrets and take his mm-hmm. livelihood and this is someone who creates for the love of it Yeah. and I don't think that I initially thought that like the little like limping and then the trick fall like mm-hmm. sets him up to be kind of a deceitful character but I do think for sure throughout the entire movie it's a lot more obvious that he's a clever person yeah. we're like where the does that children... go to the boiling room yeah we're like the children Nobody's are making ever been in there before <laughs> the children are making these really irresponsible choices and like he very clearly in his performances like i don't really give a fuck yeah. he's like oh, oh no please help stop please. and like he's very, he's very much a character who's like i know what the consequence is if you choose to do the action, you're going to learn what the yeah. consequences. And if your parent is not going to correct the behavior, then your child is about to learn a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like that in the original, we never see those children again after they're gone, so it mm-hmm. feels like there's a weight to the choices that you make. Yeah, they might be dead. They might have just gone home. <laughs> Where in the remake, Wonka feels a bit more like a bumbling idiot. Like, he's genuinely, like afraid when these kids do things he's like oh my god don't eat the gum i please don't i don't know what's gonna happen oh this has been an issue you know like he's very like neurotic about it he's like elon musk like in his mannerisms almost yeah and like he doesn't he doesn't feel like a clever Mm -hmm. person like he feels just kind of like this moron that's stumbling around this factory that you know i mean i know they established he ran away as a child so maybe that's the point is he's supposed to be this child because he had bad teeth (laughs) no he had perfect teeth his dad wouldn't oh, let him his eat dad chocolate. Was a dentist. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know if that's the intention. Is that Wonk is supposed to be childlike? But it just makes him feel like a moron. Yeah. Like he like he can't control his own fucking factory. And then at the end, when the kids come out, like the kids don't seem to have learned a lesson at all. Mm-hmm. Like the chick that blew up into the blueberries. Like, look, I can do cool tricks now. Like <laughs> I'm she seems. Violet. <laughs> she seems delighted that she's very flexible now. Can we talk? Yeah, about the punishments too. The punishments felt, as you just said, a lot heavier in the first fucking Mm. movie. Uh, But with Violet in particular, as goofy as we may think it looks to throw a purple filter and then cover her in paint, we see a splotch that gets really CGI bigger, and then she blows up beyond Violet proportion until they can't, like, fit her through a fucking cave wall. Bit of trivia I read today while we're on this topic. No, trivia all day. I don't have any trivia. I'm learning today. Because we we have to discuss the tenacity of this child actor. In the original one, um, that's a big suit that Violet's wearing. Yeah. And apparently the scenes that she was in kind of ran across their lunch break. So they did some scenes. Had to leave her in her suit for the lunch break. And then did some <laughs> more scenes. And literally, like, they had to rotate her 
every so often so that she wouldn't lose circulation. Yeah. So they had to like go like, okay, let's shift her. It's been a little bit. <laughs> like you got to flip a coma patient. Like, yeah. We don't want to atrophy on the left hand side. <laughs> so yeah, they had to like, and she like stuck around in her suit, but they had to like go roll her around and be like, don't pass out on us, kid. <laughs> How much fun would that be? You rolled around by people on your lunch break just eating a sandwich going in a full 360. I will say, I do think the practical effects in the first movie probably ended up being a lot more dangerous for the crew because there's a lot of stuff I read. Like the yeah. car that spits out all the white cream had like an irritant in it and so they had to stop no filming. Shit. Yeah, they had it's to got stop. like radiator fluid. They had to stop filming for a couple of days because everybody's skin like broke out and like rashes and <laughs> was all puffy and they had to like give them time to heal. <laughs> but like um, not just Willie's response to the actual things, but like all the practical effects. Like I, there's um, when he shoots the chocolate bar across the room, as goofy as it looks in 70s, 80s technology, I don't know what year that original <laughs> came out, where it breaks into little particles and then it, it's obviously just a white box with a black outlay and, uh, yeah. you know. And a little stand inside a little of it. Stand inside of it. Um, this one went too far. It tried to, and again, we can get to homage. Uh, literally, shoot us to 2001: A Space Odyssey, where we thought this little boy was going to get torn apart by apes, and then he's inside the screen, and there's nothing. Stupid song. He's a numbers. video game kid. Is it those fucking uh, the, <clears throat> by Danny Elfman. I don't know who that is, He's and the, I don't he, like him. He did all the music for Nightmare Before Christmas, which is heartbreaking, because the music in Nightmare Before Christmas is fan-fucking-tastic. All you needed for music, by the way, is... You don't need them like doing the next Kanye West song and backflips, wearing latex. I don't know who is trying to get fucked in latex and Oompa Loompa Land. And apparently, the there was one song, and I can't remember which one it is now. Um, there was one song in the original movie that was actually... In the oh, it's in the tunnel. That creepy like song that he's yeah. singing to them in the tunnel is in the book. But Gene Wilder did it with no background music, right? So he's just singing the song. Isn't that the creepy part? I think part? there might have been like a little bit of music. Maybe there, as they get like, like instrumental faster. music. Um, but all of the rest of the music in that movie wasn't a part of the book, so it was a movie they wrote. So even the Oompa Loompa song uh, mm-hmm. wasn't in the book, I don't think. And still crushed it so much harder than these stupid ballads in the remake. <laughs> oh, they were so bad. They're annoying because the the Oompa Loompas don't become like a choreo... I mean, they are choreographed in the original, of course. They got their things were like Oompa, Doompa, and like they're jumping from one side to the other to each other. This was literally one dude fucking photoshopped a whole shitload of times apparently on the, he didn't know they were going to do that initially I wish they didn't because <laughs> it frustrated the fuck out of me like the Oompa Loompas looked different they didn't look like a clone that <laughs> was shot out a fucking billion times and uh more progressive of the original there was one female Oompa Loompa and in the remake it's all the same dude. dude played the female Oompa Loompa <laughs> god damn it so the the first one's better. Let me check the time. <laughs> the first one's oh, much better. Oh, we've got half an hour. Let's rip this shit up. <laughs> I got lighter beer, so I'm fucking chugging through. <laughs> yeah, they're only like five percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. 5.5. But yeah, I don't. It's I don't. Literally half of what I normally do. I'm not going off on a bender here, team. And like, I, whenever we first started watching it, like I told you, I was like, I feel like if maybe the original one didn't exist, I wouldn't dislike this movie. That was a brilliant point. That was a brilliant point. But by the end of it, I was like, I take that back. I think I'd dislike this movie either way. <laughs> Just regard. What's with his glasses? Can anybody explain the need for the goggles? Yeah, it's um, dumb. He looks I, like a bug. Uh, can anybody explain the haircut? Supposedly his outfit was inspired by an outfit Manson wears in a movie. Marilyn Manson? Probably. They're really close friends, and I hear they do drugs together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then uh, Burton was just over there stroking his dick with his own references. It's Oh, yeah. Let's, let's get into homage. So how many films did we cover from Johnny Depp's career? Edward Scissorhands, for sure, was mm-hmm. my favorite homage I, slash I've direct ripoff. Um, Space Odyssey was referenced. The Space that's Odyssey. Not, that's not from... Johnny Depp's career. Shoot. We had them all. Like, as they were pulling yeah, up on the screen, couple. and I didn't write any of them. No, down. I didn't. <laughs> that was a short conversation. No, but yeah, I mean, there were several times. Oh, um, I don't know for sure if Tim Burton did 
um, how the Grinch stole Christmas, but I will the say... The Grinch stole Christmas was a huge one that came up time and time again. I will say um, the characters, weirdly, I don't know if they photoshopped them or put an ungodly amount of makeup or prosthetics on them or what they did, but the children, for the most part, looked like they were made of plastic. Like, mm-hmm. the adults didn't look great either, but everybody looked really weird. Like, Charlie was the only one who looked moderately realistic, and they looked like fucking who's from whoville <laughs> it was not not tim burton it's ron howard the grinch the grinch with jim carrey <laughs> and that was a better movie <coughs> um, but yeah no like the, i always I, thought that was a tim burton too so. i don't understand the stylistic choice behind it like why like i get they're trying to make the other children seem like obviously more shallow yeah but i feel like the first one didn't need to lean on that like the children were just obviously more shallow and then these kids walk on screen and they look like plastic barbie dolls yeah and complete it's creepy is that a uh, a mix of uh, makeup and cgi to where you have to get that effect i have no idea what they did i feel like it had to to some degree be cgi because they looked so unnatural is that tim's choice because he's like moved into this world of um instead of animated films where he is god um, without failure he is god and i believe also one of marilyn manson's friends um, but like he is god of the animation weird and he's trying to make these real world films but he can't do all of the obscure things that he's used to stylistically i think visually it's trying to because charlie looks normal and charlie's parents look normal charlie's grandparents look normal i think it's trying to literally make these people look materialistic so we're trying to literally make them look like plastic i think that's the choice behind that but instead it just comes across weird is there any merit to it i don't i don't think that no um like to any of the stylistic choices because i hate the glasses i'm not a big fan of his hat i don't like the color of his jacket I, I like don't. the house, but I and I like seeing Helena Bonham Carter again. But I loved her in Fight Club, and that's not one of his movies. Helena. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I honestly would say not much. Like mm-hmm. even the moments where the kids are kind of met with challenges, they um not Violet. What's the other girl's name? something Veruca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, the girl that gets weighed as being a bad egg slash nut. Um, <laughs> so when they they do that scene, those are actual real I squirrels. I forgot about the fucking squirrels. Those are real squirrels that they train. Those yeah. are not CGI squirrels. Do you need a refill? Uh, I'm probably good. Um, so those are real squirrels that they actually trained because they didn't want to use CGI because they quote-unquote wanted to limit CGI even though this movie is like breath with CGI. Um... <laughs> So they, for whatever reason, made a choice to do squirrels instead of the golden egg and whatever. Um, but even that, it just felt so, like, comical and so unrealistic. Like, she's literally attacked by a horde of squirrels. And even if they literally trained the squirrels to do it as you're watching it, it's like, this is kind of silly. Like, this doesn't feel genuine. Where in the last one... She's singing about all the things that she wants. And she's destroying yeah. Willie's shop. And Willie's got to be, like, kind of frustrated with her. And then she goes and stands on the thing. And then she gets weighed and gets dropped. And he's just like, oh, guess she was a bad egg after all. <laughs> you know? And this just feels, like, dumb. And, like, this is, like, a point in the movie where... So you said they were real squirrels? Yeah, they were real like squirrels. Like, they trained they those squirrels? They literally trained squirrels for that scene. Because they didn't want to do CGI, even though the rest of the movie is The literal CGI. Oompa Loompas are CGI. Yeah. Like, I... Tim um, Burton, letter to, letter to the editor, uh, please stop doing cocaine with Marilyn Manson <laughs> and Johnny Depp. But, like, <laughs> difference in characters. We're going to train all the squirrels individually? <laughs> so can't we just hire little people to be the Oompa Loompas then? <laughs> <laughs> Why were the Oompa Loompas so fucking small in the remake? Like, they didn't need to be that small. But anyway, difference of characters. Like, to me, this is kind of poignant, too. In the original... Willy Wonka doesn't do anything to stop people from making bad choices that then result in consequences that they have to deal with. They but just he, comments on them. He doesn't purposely put people in situations. Willy Wonka in the remake purposely stalls finding the right key to save the little girl. Yeah. 
and then purposely lets the father go down there so that he can be shoved down there with her. So let's talk about cynicism for a minute there. Like, <laughs> the fact that he was Is like, Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka psychotic, whereas <laughs> um, like Gene Wilder's is like a sociopath. Where he's like, well, there's nothing I can do. Nobody's ever jumped into the fucking chocolate river before. I don't know what kind of idiot would jump into the fucking chocolate river. <laughs> yeah, and, like, there, there is, like, a sinister intention behind that. Like, he knew the dad was going to get thrown down into the hole, which I'm assuming he knew in advance the incinerator was off because his character seems, a, like, a bit... A bit more there. Yeah. Everybody is seen leaving alive at yeah. the end of this film. Yeah. So he seems like he, he didn't as really... As much closure as we get from the original movie, all of those kids might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he doesn't really seem genuinely like he wanted to do ill will, but he purposely enacted some of the ill will himself. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't just passively watch it happen. He was like, yeah, go down there and get her. Oh, oh, did my squirrel throw you in? My bad. Oh, you might be able to reach her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he knows. He knows he can't. He just wants him to go look over the ledge. And like in the original one, he's just like, "Oh, go go with the Oompa Loompas. They'll, they'll, they'll help figure you sort it, it out." out. <laughs> yeah, it's just and it's dumb all around. Like the whole. I can't believe I said Johnny Depp had range. Like, as it was happening, I was, you were like range. And I was like, well, I, he was in Donnie Brasco. He was in Blow. He had range in those. He was really good about getting sucked through a mattress and shot all over the fucking I ceiling said, and Nightmare on Elm Street. I said he was good early in his career. A lot of the movies you're referencing are earlier in his career. Very early. Very, very <laughs> early. There's he was difference. fantastic as Hunter S. Thompson. Nobody does a better Hunter S. Thompson than Johnny Depp. Hunter S. Thompson doesn't do as good of a Hunter S. Thompson as Johnny Depp. I watched John Wick last night, and there's a trailer for the most ridiculous movie that Johnny Depp is in, where he's like what? some like detective or... We He's, like, trying to get a painting back. Yeah. And it was so bad. He's yeah, and that's when I was like, he, he's been married to that bitch for, for a hot minute. She stole half his money. He's basically flaring out like Nicolas Cage. Oh, man, I'm so mad. But, yeah, no, Johnny Depp, not Gene Wilder. And supposedly, uh, Gene I don't Wilder. know what Gene Wilder's life was like, but I want to read a book on Gene Wilder because Blazing Saddles, even in 2021 where everything's getting canceled, Nobody is stealing Blazing Saddles, and it might be the single most offensive movie of all time. And simultaneously, you've got Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which works if you're 5, 10, 15, or 30. <laughs> I do think, because um, this is another bit of trivia for you, um, so the guy that wrote the script for the remake had never seen the original movie. That makes sense. I'm happy they did that because if they would have put the pratfall in, I'd, I'm not going to finish that he sentence. He purposely, because <laughs> they were, quote-unquote, doing a, a new adaptation of the book. Um, so, supposedly, he had, hadn't seen the movie in advance. He wrote the script because he didn't want to be influenced by the original script. Um, wrote the script and then afterwards went back and watched the movie and, like, had this moment where he was like, this movie's a lot darker than the movie that I made. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like... So did he read the book and then just wrote his adaptation yeah, of it? from the book, yeah. Um, and supposedly... I have to read this book. Supposedly the... Because I think the original author was dead already by the time mm -hmm. the remake came out, but the author's wife or widow was still around, and um, she liked it better. She said that they understood the concept of it better. I don't is know. She, was she on acid and <laughs> or does she have dementia? <laughs> Supposedly, I can't remember if it was the director who came out to visit her, but somebody came out to visit her and he had like a writing shed that he like worked in. And whoever Doll it was, did? Yeah, yeah, whoever it was from the remake movie um, that went to see her, like went out to the shed and mm -hmm. was like, this is the house that the buckets live in. And apparently the wife was like, Somebody finally gets it. So the house, the buckets. Live his in? his riding shed. <laughs> the buckets. The buckets. Charlie. Charlie bucket. Oh 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 oh. So he was he went out into the original author's riding shed and said, "This is the house." That would be a mind fuck. Like we are several hours away from it, but we're a hell of a lot closer to Hemingway's hometown, like the place where he drank and killed himself. And it's like, I, I almost want to go there. Like, 
I'm sure thousands of people do every fucking year to just like get a whiskey in Hemingway's favorite bar or like go and drink where Hunter drank and uh, see what he saw when he came up with a lot of his work. Mm. Um, that has to be a mind fuck from the screenwriter's perspective, much as in the writer's perspective, walking into the chocolate factory and going, holy shit. <laughs> they made it. Uh, it has to be a mindfuck from the screenwriter's perspective where you're like, I need to take um, this incredible work that I know is made an incredible film and then you get to go to the place where it was born. It has to be nuts. <laughs> like you're, you're third generation at that point, but you're, you're walking back in time to, no, he sat in that chair. That's his desk. Mm-hmm. He ratted his knuckles every time he fucking, you know. It would be like going to Stephen King's bedroom where he wrote Carrie or that uh, hallway in the hotel that he wrote Carrie. <laughs> I, I will say, I haven't read the book, to be fair, so I don't know how the book reads. But um, I will say, I do think the remake is probably a bit more child-friendly. So I could see where if you had like you a... You think so, for real? Yeah, I feel like if you had like a very young child, like you know, a six or seven year old, they're gonna watch this movie and really young kids don't typically pick up on darker connotations. That's why a lot of children's movies are able to put sex jokes in because the kid doesn't know what the joke is. Well I feel like I'd be a lot more scared of this one if I was five or six than I would be of the original just because like the level of aggression even in the audio. Like all of the songs in the original with mm-hmm. some of the Oompa Loompa songs are these really pretty you I mean, know. I wouldn't have a three-year-old watch it, but I mean, like, like a young toddler, young preteen kid, I feel like would maybe enjoy the remake more because it's a bit more colorful. It's a bit more. It just feels so dark. Like it, it does. <laughs> the original is darker. I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing that because it is like political and it's talking well, about that the moment, economy. You have that moment too in the tunnel where like Gene is kind of legit creepy, Losing and they're shit. showing these scenes where like animals are getting beheaded, bugs are crawling. Like the mm-hmm. scenes they're showing on the wall are kind of real world scary things where. The shit that goes on in the remake is just kind of like... Animatronic, almost. Yeah, it feels a bit more like you're watching a cartoon. So I feel like maybe the remake would be a bit more successful with children, but I don't feel like... I think it would be better with, like, 13, 14-year-olds. Or, like, the first Mm, one... I feel like at that age, you're kind of... I don't know. Depends on where you're at. Yeah, I feel like at that (laughs) age, you're kind of realizing how cheesy some of that stuff is like I, I feel like at that age you're kind of mentally developing to a point where you can kind of be like when I was 13 dumb. and 14 they couldn't do that shit <laughs> <True>. <laughs> they had Scorpion King and I was like oh my god yeah and it, that looks god awful <laughs> um, but no I, like, I, I feel like the original to me I've not read the book is a better representation of what the subject matter is though mm. like, it's a lot heavier and, like, a lot more serious. It's an adult film for children. Like, it, it's like Lion King, like, in that regard. Not that they're teaching you the same lesson, but, like, when you're a kid, you're just like, Hakuna Matata, do-bum-bum, it's a really fun film that oh. makes me giggle. And then when you watch it as an adult, and you're like, holy shit, this is Hamlet for children. And we don't, we don't get this kind of, like, na- nicely packaged, like, with a bow on it ending in the um, original one. Like, you don't see what became of the children mm-hmm. that didn't win. They, they didn't leave the fucking factory. We, we don't see Charlie actually succeeding in this role of running this factory. For all we know, Charlie grows up to be just like Wonka, and people try to steal his secrets, and he becomes a shut-in. Yeah, which is like, what I thought the fucking remake was. <laughs> so, don't see that it ever goes well we just see like okay yay charlie's out of this impoverished He's situation out of poverty and now but, he works in a factory like a child labor <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be happier that mm-hmm. the factory's going to succeed or that people won't steal from him as well and then in the remake we get this kind of like oh wonka reconciled with the side story that wasn't necessary of his father character and the family for whatever reason, still lives in their shitty home, but now they're in the factory and they're being dusted with sugar and <laughs> him and Walker are workshopping ideas together and it just feels so silly. Yeah. 
there's no moral bow. Well, I mean, they like kind of nicely wrap it up where it's like everything's happy ever after. We're better now. Yeah, Wonka's got a family. <laughs> Coraline and... got her eyes back. <laughs> Coraline's a good movie. <laughs> he's better in the world of anima not animatronics, animation. Stop like motion. he's yeah, stop motion. He's just that is his fucking wheelhouse. Like, I, mean, I wish they would have left. Edward Scissorhands was a good movie. He's done some Agreed. good movies. I haven't seen Edward Scissorhands since 1996. It's a very good movie. I will have to revisit it. Um, if you were going to put a different director on the remake, I'm taking David Fincher. Because I feel like David Fincher is real-world Tim Burton. <laughs> Like a Fight Club-esque version where you still get the creepy house on the hill, but it looks like it might actually be just across the sewage plant from the paper mill. (laughs) The Fight Club home. Because David Fincher does a lot of work where the world is kind of quirky. Like I haven't seen it. Seven is the darkest film of all time. (laughs) I haven't seen it. His version of Gotham. TV show Twin Peaks is supposedly fantastic, and that's Mm -hmm. one of his. I think he also did. uh, Mindhunter. I was like, what Mine is it Hunter. Yeah, I think he also did Mindhunter. Like, he he is good at establishing very specific worlds that his characters mm-hmm. live in, so yeah, I could see that. I think I would have preferred that. Do you have anybody else that you think either could have starred as Willy Wonka, or because we have one reveal that we were like, who the fuck is that person? <laughs> and I want to get to that briefly. But would you have do you think Tim Burton would have done better with somebody besides Johnny Depp? Do you I don't think, think that you remake it, to be honest. Like, I there are some films that just need to be left the fuck yeah, alone. Well, I think in general... <laughs> Good I, luck ever trying to make The Godfather or Scarface without people trying to beat you to death in the movie theater. Like, I get, as an artist, um, looking up to specific works or specific people, and there are definitely things that I really wish I could have worked on, but yeah. I, I think it's a little... Especially if it's done well. If it, if the original is just dog shit and you're like, this is horrible, I think I could do better. I'm going to remake The Room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. if, if the original is just complete and utter dog shit and universally hated and you really think you could do better, I guess have at. But, like, if the original, even if it wasn't a classic film, if the original movie was pretty decent and pretty well liked, like, to me, it just seems lazy to remake a work. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you can't come up with your own concepts and your own ideas, you're taking the easy way out. Like, it seems absurd to remake a movie just for the sake of it to me, especially when the movie is well done. I would agree a thousand percent. I mean, I've, I've got an endless... Like, you'll never remake The Usual Suspects. You can't remake The Usual Suspects. Godfather, Scarface... I could see how you might be able to remake Goodfellas, but you better be on your shit if you're going to remake Goodfellas. But here's one. How long do we have to wait before they remake Titanic? I don't think you do. Like, to me, if you're going to remake it, it better be... I thought that was going to be a lot more, like, like open-ended. But, like, to me, I think it's absurd. Like, if you're going to remake a work of art that was perfectly fine on its own, because who the fuck is out here trying to remake, um... What's his face's paintings? Yeah, I couldn't think of his name. Uh, You know who is? Uh, All the people that remade all those horror movies in the early 2000s were like, we're as good as fucking, you know, Wes Craven. (laughs) We need another Halloween. Thank you, fucking... If if your idea is a different idea, like, I get... um, So, I mean, they they get way too aggressive with the spinoffs, but, like... Halloween and Nightmare on Elm and those type yeah, of movies. Friday the 13th. If you have a whole new chapter, a whole new script that you think is just fantastic. That's why I like Rob Zombie's very first <laughs> one. I don't like his remake of Halloween 2 because in horror genre, Halloween 2 is basically Godfather 2 and you don't fuck around with Halloween 2. But, but if you have like a whole new script that's a completely different story that you think will add to that, then, mm-hmm. you know, who am I to tell you no? Um, I guess who am I to tell you no in general, but like, I think if you're going to remake a work of art, that's well done. You remake it completely different. Like it better be something brand new. Like the original. You don't steal a line. 
Like you, you, you don't steal a scene. Like Violet oh. does not turn purple in your oh. version. <laughs> no, I don't necessarily mean that aggressive. Like the original, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, is a very short animated movie. Yeah. I think it's half an hour, forty minutes tops. It's very short. But nobody else is going to be able to do the live animation like Jim Carrey did the. Well, live Well, that's what animation. I'm saying though. Like they they remade it as a live action movie, and that's a completely new take on it. Like. The original was an animation, so like, yeah. if it'd be weird, I wouldn't do it. But if somebody wanted to remake Coraline as a live action movie, I'd be like, all right, have at, I guess. It's a like, different medium. Yeah, but don't remake a movie that already exists, and you're basically just retelling the same story because you think stylistically you can do it a little bit cooler. That's fucking sloppy and lazy. Yeah, it's like my album that shan't be named with my TV show that apparently shan't be written. <laughs> taking a completely different approach like Like i want to view it appreciate it love it and then go i want to say that in my language how do i do that yeah like if if you really like charlie and the chocolate factory and you like that story and you like these concepts take this idea of this quirky character who's in this very weird situation and these other characters that are either you know, needing to learn something Greedy or needing, or gluttonous yeah, needing or to lustful, change in some way yeah. and create a new world and put those people in it in your own language. Like, don't yeah. don't just remake a movie because it's like, oh, I think I could do a good job at it. I think I'd make a great Gene Wilder. Two things. There's also a sequel to Forrest Gump. Just let that, dear listener, sit in your brain. There's a sequel to the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, whatever the book's called. I haven't read it. Don't judge me. Um, but there's, there's a-, a Forrest Gump book, and then there's a sequel to the Forrest Gump book as well, and neither one of those movies exist. Let's get Forrest Gump in space. And part two, <laughs> which one, my love, of my favorite psychopaths is in one of these movies? And which character did he play? I'm not going to lie, it weirded me out of it. <laughs> it weirded me out of it. Because the whole movie, I was like, I know We who were that both is. like, I know exactly, he's 10 here, but we know him when he's like 18 to 21. So I thought, the whole time we were watching it, I was damn near positive and I was wrong. That, in the remake, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that the kid who plays Charlie was maybe the kid from James and the Giant Peach because I was like, he yeah. vaguely kind of looks like that kid. And, and I, I thought he was it. the kid from The Sixth Sense, but it was off by like 20 years. <laughs> you thought he was the kid from The Sixth Sense? He looks vaguely like no. the kid from The Sixth Sense. I haven't seen The Sixth Sense since 1996. Well, These are movies. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't seen James and the Giant Peach in a while, so I may Google that kid's face and be like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> but like, I was like, it's kind of, like he kind of reminds me of that kid. And then at the very end of the movie there's one shining moment where Wonka irritates the child (laughs) and I think it's whenever he tells him he can't stay with his family and the corner of his lip curled up and I was like you know who that reminds me of? I was like, he reminds me of Norman from Bates. <laughs> and it is fucking Norman from Bates. It's Norman that Bates. child-ass actor had that <laughs> creepy look from the day one. He has always looked like the original Anthony Perkins. That's bizarre, though. The dude from Bates Motel is in the remake. Because he, he's a little kid, and like he just had this moment where he looked irritated, and I was like, that's kind of creepy. I was like, <laughs> looks a lot like Norman there. <laughs> totally fucking Norman. <laughs> that child is a serial killer. The kid is off his fucking rocker. Uh, he did uh, a really good job. I'm not taking anything away from the child, and I'm not taking anything away from Norman. I just don't have his name in front of me right yeah, now. He's a so. pretty successful actor. Um, I, am, uh, I, I'm, I, I am putting a, a red mark in my brain on Johnny Depp's career because I've only ever watched incredible Johnny Depp performances. This is a massive red marker. This is a massive green check mark on Gene Wilder's career and on that kid's. And um, I'm going to go make wings and rings, and maybe on Sunday, maybe, just maybe, 
you and I here again discussing John Wick 1 and 2. Are we going to do that on Sunday? It's not going to be a Tuesday episode? We could... We'll workshop it. We'll (laughs) workshop it. Either that or we'll find the third one. We'll do the whole fucking trilogy on (laughs) next Tuesday. No, because we we thought we were going to do all three... um, Godfathers? No, the one with Baby. What, what is? Why oh, the, struggle the with names Rob Zombie. Yeah. yeah. We thought we were going to do all three of those. House of a Thousand. And that episode crashed and burned and never got aired. <laughs> we, have, we have discovered you cannot talk about three that's movies why, in one episode. That's why Sunday, I think, is a good one for combinations. Because look at what we did right here. We did a whole hour just talking Charlie versus Willie. But it's not Sunday. But it's not a Sunday. It came out as a Tuesday episode. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out, guys, and we'll be right back with you. But I love you, sweetheart. Love you. I'm going to go make my beautiful wife some beautiful... Oh, we didn't tell you. We bought way too much sauce. Um, you didn't use like, all five, did you? No, I didn't use all five. Okay.